This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Georgia Bulldogs football talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else. I am Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Brent Rollins. This episode of the Atlanta Football Party is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. The Atlanta football party is part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And it is an exciting day because we get to party and we get to party because Georgia got another dub. It's a 52 17 demolition of Ole Miss Saturday. There was a reminder of just how dominant the dogs can be. So let's talk about your top takeaways from this game. And of course, we're going to go between the hedges in our deep dive and we're going to talk about what's up next. But I got to get Brent your takeaways from that game. Uh, this is kind of what I thought the offense would look like all along. Yeah. I mean, beginning of the season, any any interview, any talk, any conversation that I had was look, quarterback's not going to get touched. There's going to be weapons galore, you know, mixing in the running game a little bit, offensive line sort of dominant. That's what it was. That's what it was Saturday. I think when you put all the pieces and obviously when you add two potential top 20 picks to your offense, your offense gets a little scarier. And it's a a good thing. And now it's just about keeping those guys healthy, staying healthy, keeping that group together, I think, because uh, the sky's the limit for that side of the ball for Georgia. I think that's such a great point, Brent, that – We always talk about, and not necessarily just this show, but I think just the conversation has been about, oh, wow, last year was an all-world historic defense, and, you know, they don't have that anymore. But I think you make a great point. The fact that you have two potential top 20 uh, first-rounders next year, I think that balances it out on some level. Yeah, it may not be a historic offense, but when you have – those two players, and let's just face it, wouldn't be shocked if Georgia had more players even in that first round or the top of the second round. That's when you know, like you said, as long as they're healthy, you are cooking with gas. And Jarvis, what are your takeaways from that game from Sunday? Georgia is so good that they make teams desperate on opening drives. That's why you've kind of seen – I feel <laughs> like you've seen like teams starting to open drive. I think it was the third straight game that the, the poker team scored on the fourth, fourth straight game that the uh, opposing team has scored on the opening drive. And when you think about the desperate, <laughs> how desperate teams look with Lane Kiffin look when he went for it or what is on his own 25 or 35 yard line, you just don't do that. Like, because you put your, your team in certain situations where if you don't get it, like you're going to be playing from, from playing from behind for the rest of the game. And then when you get into, and then you're going to be one dimensional. And then when you get one dimensional, that's when you start seeing all those four star, five star guys that we've been talking about and asking, hey, let's come on, let's get this pass rush going. So, and that, and just to see how team Georgia was able to make those necessary adjustments too. Yeah. And it is just so amazing that the, the, the watch, right? Because we saw, you know, with Raylan Wilson, when he got lost in coverage on the tight end on, on, the, on the little rail route, I mean, not the rail route, the uh, uh, wheel route down the sideline, and he caught the pass. George said, all right, okay, uh, CJ, uh, come on in here. <laughs> Let's see what you could do. And then you just saw 33 just all over, the, just around every tackle, like, for, for the rest of the game. So it's just so amazing to watch to see how teams just come out 
saying, hey, we're going to do everything. We're going to throw everything we possibly can at, at this team on this opening drive to try to, you know, get off to a good start. But it just seems like Georgia, every time they make the necessary adjustments, saying, you know what, okay, that's cool, all that. But, yeah, that's probably going to be the only only score you're going to have as far as getting marching, marching down the field, you know, uh, that easily. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the one thing that I say, Georgia is that good where they'll get people to the point where – they're just throwing the kitchen sink on these opening drives so they can try to get off to a good start and hopefully have a chance to win the game. You know, it's interesting because we talk about the fact that this offense was on fire on Saturday. And Brent, you said it first, like you've been consistent in talking about this is what you expected to see. But man, you got to say that you were still, it was still a pleasant, I don't want to say pleasant surprise, but it was still really, really good to see what Kendall Milton was able to do career best. Nine carries for 127 yards of Georgia's, not one, not two, but 300 rushing yards and two touchdowns against Ole Miss. It just felt like kind of a Kendall Milton coming out party. Uh, I mean, and and also swan song in a way because it was his last game in Sanford Stadium. Yes, that's a, it's, yes, it's, exactly. Yeah, you, you can't help but feel great for the kid yes. because he ran to me. Like it took me back to when he was a freshman against Tennessee, and guys were just bouncing off of him. And you haven't, it's, you, you see, you know, sort of patches of it here or there. You see a flash here and there. You haven't really gotten to see it consistently because of the, the nagging injuries that he's had in his career. But what a way to go out. Best in terms of yardage total, got a catch, a couple touchdowns, his highest career PFF grade, a lot of missed yes. tackles forced in that game. Very impressive. And just keep it healthy, keep it rolling, keep him there because if now you have that one sort of two or that two headed punch, uh, two headed monster mm-hmm. running back. That makes yeah. you that much more, uh, that much more efficient, that much more uh, explosive, and/or uh, just scary as an offense. Yeah, and yeah. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but one of the things, just in listening to what Brett was saying, one of the things that I think about when you talk about motivation, when you talk about you know the 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 game that might get you, if you will, the gotcha game, I feel like guys like Kendall Milton they still have that motivation. They still have that internal drive because they still want to make an impact in the drive to the the third championship. So I know, like I said, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but when I listened to you, as you were saying, Brent, from what we saw in the beginning of his career, all of the challenges with injuries coming back and looking like he did, I just see him coming back and many coming back at their peak at the perfect time. But Jarvis, what did you think about Kendall Milton's performance? It is. This is one of those things where it seems like it's been a theme with this with this offense, right? Because we talk about guys dealing with injuries and then coming back and then they start to look like themselves. We saw it with Lad McConkey early with the back issues and all that stuff, and we start to say, okay, now it's the coming out game, or or this is the game where you're like, oh, he's really really good, you know. And then like watching the game on Saturday with Kendall Milton, like you said, in his last last home game at Sanford Stadium. It, it, like you saw the explosion, right? Because that's what he's really been missing. Because we, early in the season, I talked about how Dejon Edwards is, is is the lead back for this for lead back for this for this offense in 2023 because of just you know what he's able to bring to the table and then being able to be fully healthy as well. But to see Kendall Milton break one of those runs and then it just seems like he just turned it on another another hit another gear and just ran away from them folks like and, and it's just to be able to see how how that kind of played out. And it was kind of funny because he was talking about how, you know, uh, he was asked about 
you know, this offense uh, reaching its peak. He's like, no, nah, we ain't peaked yet. <laughs> you know, and, and that kind of goes <laughs> to what you're saying, T, as far as, like, we ain't peaked. We ain't haven't peaked until we get this third straight national championship. That's that's when this offense is peaking. I think that the way they're rolling right now, like like Brent said, this is scary. I ain't going to say it, it could get scary. This is a scary offense because all three phases, you're talking about offensive line, quarterback, pass catchers, running backs, all those guys, everybody just rolling right now, and everybody's just getting healthy at the, at the perfect time. Yeah, I think I think that when you have them getting healthy at the right time, it's nothing but a good look. And, again, it just goes back to the motivation. And good luck, you know, <laughs> Tennessee is trying with all its might to have the any motivation. So I don't know if Dolly Parton is going to bring them any mojo, but they're going to need all the mojo that they possibly can get. Now, when we come back, we will definitely go between the hedges. This episode of ATL Football Party is brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And guess what, guys? If you have children, you know that it's going to come up because I know in the middle of the night, I had instances where my daughter wasn't feeling too well. And then guess what? If you have a Jace case, you can go to that particular um, Jace case to get what you need. And plus, all it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board certified physicians and boom, there you have it. So, and you can get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment related questions. I'm telling you guys, this thing is doctor created, doctor recommended. So don't get caught unprepared, guys. Everyone should be empowered to take care of their loved ones during the unexpected, Jace handles everything from online valuation to licensed pharma- pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing cons- consultation and care. And guess what, guys? Also, you got all you got to do is drop in the promo code locked on, and you're gonna get twenty dollars off. Yes, you heard that correctly. All you got to use is the promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase. So, guys, don't get caught unprepared and get yourself a Jace case. Now, there were some rumblings on Friday that Brock Bowers might play in the game against Ole Miss. But when UGA announced that he would be starting, Brent, there was just this collective, unbelievable roar from that crowd. And I can remember me thinking, oh, my, this is about to get good. But what did it mean and what does it mean for the dogs to get Bowers back at this point in the season? And really, for some pundits who said he might not come back, to get him back, period. Uh, I think the biggest thing actually is more of a leadership piece as much as it is his play on the field and what he brings. And he's a threat and he looked for the most part, normal, amazingly. Uh, and, and, you know, he's Superman, he's Captain America, whatever, wanna, uh, <laughs> whatever tie you want to put to him, he's that. But I think it's as much a leadership issue as anything. It's just, that's a guy who, you know, who's won two straight championships, potential top 10 pick, and he doesn't care. He wants to be there. He wants to play and he yeah. wants to put everything on the line for that team and for that school. And that's uplifting for an entire team. And I think just when your best players are also your best leaders, coaches talk that all the time, it's real. And, and it becomes yeah. a sort of force multiplier. And he is that uh, for this offense and for this team. Indeed. And, you know, I think about this one word that comes to mind, Brent is presence. Just the fact that he was there suited up, ready to play, and then gets in the game and has a bit of an impact. I think, like you said, that's the kind of thing where everybody's saying, oh, yeah, 
he might not be Kirby smart, but we'll go over a cliff for him because of the kind of things that we saw him do to battle his way back so soon. So yeah, Jarvis, just Brock Bowers and, and what he was able to bring to the table, as Brett said, both on the sidelines, but on the field was, was quite an amazing thing to see. If I'm a defense coordinator, I'm about to get a, a lot, start drinking a lot of co coffee. Whether it be Tennessee defense coordinator, Georgia Tech defense coordinator, Alabama, <laughs> Alabama, you better get ready, buckle up because, like like I mentioned earlier in the uh, first segment, like th this is this is a scary offense. Like this was one of the big questions coming into the season, like with Carson Beck taking over for Stetson Bennett. What is he going to bring to the table? What is he going to be able to bring that's different? Not necessarily that it's worse, but what he, what he is he going to be able to add to this offense to elevate it, right? And I think that when you have a guy like Beck who can make some NFL-type throws, I mean, Stetson Bennett has his, had his limitations, but, you know, he's able, from a playmaker standpoint, to be able to, to, be able to get a little creative when plays break down. That's kind of what he brought to the table. But I think Carson Beck, as far as like a timing, like that that throw to Ra Ra Thomas in the first quarter, like a lot of people think like, oh, he kind of threw it behind him. No, he threw him, he threw him open. Like because that the DB was right there on, on, on his inside. So he threw it to the outside shoulder. So Ra Ra can say, hey, let me go snatch this bad boy up, all hands, and then I can take it on, take it onto the sideline to get get up the sideline for a for a big game. So it's just stuff like that that I feel like, you know, this is to be able to have a guy like Brock Bowers in, in the fold like this, this is something that is going to be very, very interesting to watch as we come down to these last few games. But, yeah, like if if when you got a guy like Brock Bowers coming back in the fold, now I, I still feel like the, the Bulldogs offense can can get get the job done without Brock Bowers. Sure. You know, and now it would be a battle. But when you have, when you have him coming back and he looks fully 100% healthy, you know, uh, after October 16th surgery, coming off October 16th surgery, yeah, that is, it's pretty, it's just pretty, it's, it's just hard to, dis to, to describe, right? Like, I'm trying to come yeah. up with a word to describe it, but it's just, it's amazing. It's Superman-ish. It's Superman-ish, <laughs> like, really. Like, and I, and I, I wish I could say the other word, you know, but I try not to cuss too much. Because this that's what... Brock Bowers is. He just the, yeah. the epitome of what you want in a football player. And for him to, to talk like he did about agents reaching out to him about, you know, sitting out for the rest of the season and to respond the way he did, I'm not surprised at all. And, like, yeah, so, yeah, defense quarters, get your defense coordinators get coming up. Make sure y'all get your popcorn ready because this is going to be very, very interesting to watch. So, Brent, what do you think about the return of Amarius Mims? How did he look to you? Uh, he good enough. Like, and I will say when they, there was a couple of times that they, he pulled and was out in front and you could tell he wasn't full go. He was still a little hesitant in a way, but run block pass pro quite well. And, and what, it, <laughs> what, it, what he does, just his physical presence. Like there was one rep uh, early on in the game, first couple drives where he gets kind of beat. But because of his strength and just his sheer will, just one arms and throws the guy into the into the pile, no pressure uh, on Beck. Like, I, I think much like what Bowers does in the sort of multiplier that he is for the Georgia offense as a totality, Mims is that way now uh, for the offensive line. And yeah. because you're 
like what you saw, you saw the rotation of Fairchild and Morris at left guard stay. And then you saw Mims, Truss, and, and Ernest Green rotate a tackle. Now you have f- consistently fresh bodies. Everybody's mm-hmm. playing. Everybody's playing, you know, sort of at a high level. I, I, again, it's, it's what we thought this offense and offensive line should be. But he's one that, again, difference maker and amplifies ex- almost exponentially what the offensive line and the running game potentially can be. Yeah. And then you talk about the loss of uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson and you look at, you know, CJ Allen and how he was able to perform in, in, you know, replacement of him. I mean, what'd you think with that performance, JD? Yeah. T, like when you think about what CJ Allen was able to do, like, like I mentioned early on with Raylan Wilson and, and the, the uh, again, loss in coverage early on that they brought CJ Allen in and then we just proceeded to see 33 all over the doggone place. Being uh, and using those instinct, being instinctive, you know, as a linebacker, and that's those are the type of the things that when you talk about the inexperience that you have as a as a linebacker, you want those instincts to be able to kick in because you know he's at practice every day, he's working, he's getting the reps, getting the necessary reps when Jamon Dumas Johnson um, went down. These are some of the questions that we had: Who's going to be the guy to be able to step up? And we saw C.J. Allen get get busy. He was getting busy out there. So this is. Like the factory that is Georgia, right? Like because you know you have a guy who is an NFL prospect, and when you have a guy who come in, true enough, the one guy that we thought that was going to be able to get most of those reps, yeah, he had a little issue. Yeah, Kirby said, "Hey, man, you know, come over here on the sideline for me for a little bit. Let's talk about. Let's see what. Make sure we we get this situated, and then oh yeah, let's throw this other guy in." You know, they can come in and just ball out and look like a potential, a future NFL prospect as well. So, yeah, this is this is the football factory that we expect Georgia to be. Um, and like when you talk about replacing guys like Jamon Dumas Johnson and for Allen to come in the way he did, it just it just speaks to what we're used to. And like we are just snobs when it comes to Georgia football because they just have raised the expectations so high. It is for Kirby to be able to meet them year in and year out, it is just amazing. It's just amazing to watch. Speaks so to, Bradley, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I say it speaks as much as anything. Obviously, recruiting and getting guys that, at that level that matters. It, it's mm-hmm. it's everything. But once they're there, like to me, that was a big distinguishing factor in watching this game. Is the level of coaching as in the entirety of the coaching staff versus what their opponent was the attention to detail that and all these little things that coaches care about in terms of foot placement or where are your eyes, all the little details, they are taught and emphasized to the nth degree at this program. And you see that in the play and you see that anything that sort of steps to the side is quickly corrected. It's CJ Allen, by the way, like just as an, as a whole, from a PFF standpoint, pro football focus stats, there's a, a stop is a solo tackle where the offense is at a loss. And it's not necessarily a loss of yardage. So, like, if it's third and three and they only get one yard, they, you prevent them from getting the first down, that's a loss for the offense from a success rate standpoint. He had eight stops in the game. So, eight solo tackles that resulted in a loss for the, for the offense. That's the most in the Kirby era. Like, Roquan had had seven in a couple games. Nakobe had had seven in a couple games. I had to go back to 2015, Jordan Jenkins, Tim Kimbrough, like to get to where you're getting eight, nine stops like that. So 
a lot of him making individually great plays. Uh, there was a jet sweep on third third down later in the game. We just completely handled things. And the key with that is, I think, with his play, you see what it can be. Now it's about the third guy, like you said with Raylan Wilson. Before, Allen was the third guy. It was Munden, Dumas Johnson, and then him. Well, now Wilson, because they play, they don't play all the time. Those guys right. rotate. Right. Raylan Wilson still got 25 snaps, I think. Like So now it's getting him up to speed, getting him those game reps over these next two games to be ready to play against Alabama. Exactly. Well, listen, we're going to talk next up in the next segment. It's going to be rapid fire. But first, let's talk about LinkedIn and your chance to connect with Jarvis on subtext. And I know we're not going there now, but I knew I needed to say it. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yep. Yep. So, guys, the one thing that we always do each week is talk about what we feel the identity word is for Georgia. And so I want to ask you, Brent, if you think of that one word that characterizes the identity that we've now seen in Georgia for what week 10 of this uh, college football regular season, what would you say is that word? With all the pieces there, it's explosive. <sighs> like this is, you know, I think I made this analogy earlier in the season, but last year with Darnell Washington, you were an insanely efficient offense seven, eight yards of play consistently. Now this year with the playmakers, with Lovett added, with Thomas added, with Beck's ability to push the ball down the field on a consistent basis, especially in the intermediate 20 to 25-yard range, you're a more explosive offense. You basically went from Freddie Freeman to Matt Olson. You went from efficiency and batting average and doubles to explosive slugging power RBIs, and that's what their offense is now. I love it. What about you, Jarvis? Yeah, I, I think just the, the the maturation of Carson Beck, I really feel like he's the the center of all of this, right? Because we know that Georgia's going to have that talent, you know, surrounding them. And they made sure that by bringing in, you know, getting these guys like Rara Thomas and Dominique Lovick to come into to the fold. And, and I think that Mike Bobo needs a lot more credit than what he's getting because, you know, there were some people trying to get the pitch force out early on in the season. Oh, my, my, <laughs> Mike Bobo, he don't know what the heck he's doing. But as soon as they, this offense started cooking and, and, and Carson Beck started throwing for over 300 yards, I think he went, went four, four consecutive games, you know, uh, during the season uh, at, at a stretch right there. So I just think the maturation of Carson Beck being his own quarterback coming out of the shadow of uh, Stetson Bennett. Now, granted, Probably have to we get a national championship on his belt to be able to do that. But I'm just saying, understanding what type of quarterback Carson Beck is and what his capabilities are, you know, as a starting quarterback for Georgia, I think that it is just you see it and you see and you understand that Mike Bobo trusts in him, trusts him to be able to make necessary throws to push the ball down the field that Stetson Benny probably wouldn't be able to make. So, and I think just seeing Mike Bobo make that necessary adjustment as a play caller to understand what he has and, and, and establish that identity. I just think it's just, it just goes, speaks to the coaching. Like, I think it's, this is something that we've been touching on the, uh, throughout this show. The coaching is real on, on, on this squad. And I think that Mike Bobo deserves a lot more credit than he's been getting in these past few games. What's amazing about that is you think about how much attention is paid to this sport. Mm. And then also given where we live, how interesting it is on the other part in the, at the professional level, coaching matters infinitely. 
Yes. And all these guys, you know, they're all working 80 hour weeks and others are just better at the job. Like yes. that's Hands down. just fact. And <laughs> right now this staff as a whole starts with the top down. It, you sort of have to believe in them before, you know, anything else. This episode of the ATL Football Party is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stake wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? That's why you check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. And guess what, guys? When I was on my job search... I'm telling you, LinkedIn was my go-to because you don't have to worry about all these spam and all this other type of stuff that you have to deal with on the, these other job postings. But I'm telling you, LinkedIn is where you're going to find the best candidate. And plus, all you got to do is add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So get the word out. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. So guess what, guys? LinkedIn is the place why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one, number one, not number two, not number three, number one in delivering quality hires versus LinkedIn leading competitors. Excuse me. LinkedIn jobs help you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and a Conditions apply. Yeah, Brent, I think this offense is, has been making a lot of noise for people to start paying attention to. And I think that, you know, it starts with Kirby Smart and then it kind of trickles down to Mike Bobo. And, and this is why we see the, the product that has been put out on this field this year. And I think George is going to be able to take it into this game up against Tennessee. Now, for me, I don't foresee Kirby Smart letting guys start looking ahead to the SEC championship, Georgia Tech, and all that stuff like that. But how do you see this game playing out uh, against the Tennessee Volunteers? Well, it's interesting when you think about true road games. They really had one. Because at Vanderbilt, no. Florida, like half the stadium's your your fans. And usually by the end, it's mainly all of your fans because the other ones leave. Uh, so – like this is a true environment test and Tennessee has, you know, nothing left to play for, you know, this is just sport being the spoiler, you know, they can't win the East. It's, this is kind of in essence, their season. And I think you're going to see a lot of Joe Milton running and the potential for him to have a great game is there. He hasn't been able to consistently put it together, but the environment is real and they're going to, and the thing with that's interesting about Tennessee is they're, relatively solid and you know sort of one of the better parts of their team is the pass rush yeah and they blitz and play aggressive style more so like missouri than what Ole miss did so if that you know that's the case and you know they force you into a turnover or two who knows then the environment takes over and then it becomes a legit chance to be a four-quarter game if georgia plays clean i don't think it's going to have any problem but again Road tests, like the last time you saw them on the road, it was a seven-point game against Auburn. Yeah, and I, th- I think you, I bring, I, I think you basically just pointed out what Kirby Smart is going to point out all week, and I think there's going to be a drill down. Say, hey guys, this is a real true test. If you go up here half stepping, Tennessee is going to definitely have something waiting just for you. And speaking of 
waiting and, 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 messing, and making sure that you all guys are checking us out each and every day. We appreciate you guys for checking out the Atlanta football party, whether it be Falcons focus or today, like the, the Georgia Bulldogs. If, if you don't, if you haven't listened to our fo- football party on Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons, check that out. And if you haven't checked out our ATL sports party, that is coming up as well. So, Man, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us each and every day. Our everydayers, we thank you. We love you. And also, guys, if you don't do anything else with your life, make sure that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread a little love.